Hi, this is Randy Wimmer, and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Sound Off. Today, I want to talk to you about the value of $500 in making better business decisions. A couple years ago, my teenage son spent $500 for a lawnmower, a trimmer, and a blower, and he entered the lawn mowing market in our neighborhood. His $500 investment enabled him to compete for $20 to $40, maybe even $50 mowing jobs, depending on how big the lawns were. Now, I invested that same amount of money a couple decades ago, and I was able to leverage that same investment to sell a company for eight figures. How can this be? Well, it's all about the market that you enter. In almost all federal government contracts, minimal financial commitment is required until after you're awarded the contract. What does this mean? That means you don't have to hire anybody until after you win the contract. You don't have to make any significant monetary investments until after you're assured that you're going to have revenue coming in from the world's most reliable customer, the federal government. Now, when you compare that to other markets, such as the fast food industry, that $500 is trivial. It's literally trivial. For example, to open a restaurant, you first need to either buy or lease a building space. Then you have to completely refinish it and outfit it um, as a restaurant. This includes industrial cooking, grilling, and cleaning appliances, as well as tables, chairs, and other furnishings. Um, of course, decor and branding are also very important and very expensive. Now it's time to buy all the necessary supplies and services, such as insurance, security, credit card processing, accounting, and so on. Finally, we get to the burgers and other menu items that must be purchased. But we're still not done spending money. Before we open, we must also have to hire and train a complete staff of cooks, servers, managers, busboys, etc. Think of the upfront costs that you must invest before you sell your first burger for three bucks. However, this scenario is even worse than I've illustrated. Most first-time entrepreneurs jump on the franchise bandwagon, believing that buying a license for a known brand and a proven playbook are all that they need for, for guaranteed riches. So let's assume that New Guys Burgers is a franchise. According to Entrepreneur Magazine's best franchises list, the average initial investment for the top 10 restaurant franchises is, <laughs> stand by for sticker shock, $1.5 billion. Again, let the sticker shock sink in before you consider this fact. According to a report on food franchising by Franchise Business Review, over half of food franchises earn less than $50,000 a year in profit. Only a measly 7% make more than $250,000 a year. The average annual profit hovers a little over $80,000. Now that you know the numbers, let's be honest. Will an average annual profit of a little over 80K make you financially independent? How many decades would you need to successfully operate a franchise to achieve your financial management number? Is this the expected return worth writing a check that large and working as a fast food manager flipping burgers? Now let's consider the upfront concept of starting a federal government contracting company. Depending upon your specific service or product that you intend to sell to the federal government, there are several ways and costs associated with launching a company. I will use my former services company as an example. 
I paid $100 in licensing fees to register as a limited liability company with the Commonwealth of Virginia. I bought a $50 website template and populated it with my corporate information and paid about $15 a month in web hosting services. Web hosting came with a free email account, (laughs) so I didn't have to spend any money for that. I bought $50 worth of business cards and upgraded my personal printer to something with a little higher print quality. Total cost, I guess it's around $500. Now, my real cost to submit a proposal that was for a $15 million contract was really my sweat equity. I had to really put the time and the effort in doing it. Now, um, as a struggling new family, I had more sweat than I had money. I didn't have the cash. This is what I didn't have to buy. I didn't have to buy or lease an office or furniture. Instead, I set up my kitchen table where I camped out at Starbucks. I used my existing laptop. I didn't have to hire staff. Most importantly, I didn't have to quit my real job. So I had the same amount of income that I always had. I wrote proposals after my kids went to bed. I didn't have to make any significant investments in recruiting and hiring billable personnel until after I won a contract and had guaranteed income. My upfront cost to start a federal government contracting company that ultimately led to an eight-figure acquisition was almost completely funded by cutting back on my Starbucks habit. I did not have to invest my family savings or mortgage or home. I did not have to pay ludicrously expensive franchise fees, and I did not have to apply and be approved for large business loans. I also didn't have to convince doubting investors that my business plan would lead to a hefty return on investment for their clients. I did not have to dilute my ownership shares for startup funding. So I hear a lot of cynics out there and they say, oh, you know, you need money to make money. And that's a little bit true. You need a little bit of money and a whole bunch of sweat equity and a whole bunch of grit. Now, here's the rest of the story. It took me about eight years to have no kidding success doing this. Eight years. And when I look back at those times, I have the luxury of 2020 hindsight of what really, really would have helped me out a lot more. 500 bucks is trivial. Like I said, 500 bucks was me cutting back on my Starbucks habit. But when I look back at those times during those eight years that I was struggling to get traction, no kidding traction and, and market penetration, I have the luxury now of seeing how a tiny investment of about 20K could have tremendously accelerated my success. I could have invested that money to attain some competitive differentiators in the form of corporate credentials. I look back now with 2020 hindsight and realize how I could have fast-tracked my success. An investment, 2025K, the cost of a used Hyundai could have really set me on the path a lot faster. I could have been growing two years into it, one year into the into my my launch rather than about eight years into it. So what do I mean by making an investment in your company? Well, when you start out, you have nothing to sell. You don't have any corporate past performances. You don't have any ongoing contracts. You don't have any incumbency with any federal government organization. And you have to ask the question, why would anybody partner with me? Why would anybody say, oh, I want that company over a company who's bringing something to the bid effort? Because when you're starting out in this industry, you first have to get your past performances through subcontracting. So now 
The whole game is focused on selling to prime contract bidders who, admittedly, must use small businesses as part of the small business set-aside program. Roughly 30% for it's on massive contracts that are like, you know, 500 million, a billion, you know, $2 billion. About 30% of that has got to be subcontracted out to small businesses. But they're only going to pick small businesses that add value to their proposal effort. Just because you're good at doing something, hey, that's implied. You got to bring something tangible, something real to the table. And I've been in this industry for you know almost a quarter of a century and the best if not the only corporate credentials that I am aware of that a small startup can obtain are ISO certifications CMMI services CMMI development you know level three appraisal which is just as prestigious as ISO they require three projects or three contracts to be completed to be audited each of them have to be a minimum of nine months long Now, for ISO certification, you only have to have three months of auditable records showing that you're operating in accordance with the ISO standards. You don't need to have revenue. You don't need to have a customer. You just need to be operating as a company and be compliant with the ISO standards. So, again, when I looked back At my eight years of walking in the desert, $500 was enough, but $20,000 to $25,000, it looks like it's a drop in the bucket compared to buying a franchise, investing $1.5 million into one of those top 10 restaurant franchises. If you're able to do it, I highly recommend that that would be the best investment that you could make. So anywhere between $500,000, and 25k and you're off to the races that 25k though the difference in those two investments is about eight years of your life because when you're doing it with a 500 investment what you're really doing is you're depending upon your network that's what i had to do and i kept on you know pulsing my network i kept on pounding the the hallways and and ultimately i went back to and to a customer that I had supported before as an employee. I had a colleague that I had worked with on, on that contract and now he was running the program and he was willing to take a chance on me, not coming back as an employee. That would have been easy, but coming back as a subcontractor. So that's the difference between a $500 investment to mow lawns and a $500 investment to support the federal government. And again, if you're able to, you can accelerate that time frame by seven, six, seven, eight years by being able to bump that tiny $500 investment to something a little bit higher to 20, 25,000 so you can get some ISO credentials. Those ISO credentials will be the only thing that you have to sell initially. That in your set-aside status. But there's enough companies in your set-aside status that's bringing something to the table where you're going to need to have a credential. I hope this helps, and I will talk to you during the next one.